home late and you come home early You come home big when you're feeling small You come home straight and you come home curly Sometimes you don't come home at all So what in the world's come over you? And what in heaven's name have you done? You've broken the speed of the sound of loneliness You're out there running just to be on the run I got a heart that burns with a fever And I got a worried and a jealous mind well, How can a love that'll last forever I get left so far behind So what in the world's come over you What in heaven's name have it done? You've broken the speed of the sound of loneliness You're out there running just to be on the run It's crossed the evil line today How can you ask about tomorrow We ain't got one word to say So what in the world's come over you What in heaven's name have you done? You've broken the speed of the sound of loneliness You're out there running just to be on the run So what in the world's come over you? And what in heaven's name have you done? speed of the sound of loneliness You're out there running just to be on the run You're out there running just to be on the run You're out there running just to be on the run
Started the stream. I didn't do that. Hello, am I on? This is all marvelous. Just marvelous readings. I don't know whose fault it is. It might be me, it might be the stream. I think it would be the internet. Shut up, everyone. The fuck is this shit? Sounds like drugs. Oh, shut up. Turning it off. Hello? Shut up. Don't you dare play another song. It's going to play another song. I knew it. You know how I knew it? Because I control it. Whatever. Stop it. Jesus. H to the Christ hole. Am I recording at least? Damn it. Well, I guess this is going to be a for later grum because this is fucked. I don't know, audience. If this is T-Mobile can suck a dick day, then let them suck a dick today. Am I right? Yeah, you know I am. Right? Actually, I should just stick the cable in and see. Let me call this person. What is her name? Leslie Potter? Let's see. i got to get the telegram up to find my number for her. Uh, there it is. Oh, yeah, right. I don't want to say what the number is, then she'd have to get a new number. She don't want all of you millions of people calling her. 
There's so many. Uh, plus one. Is this a new number? Well, let's try it. We're going to try. I don't know if this works. It's a new setup. I haven't done it this way since my new setup. Hello? Please leave your message oh, for nine. Well, no, 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 no. Didn't work. Oh, there it is. Hello? Hey. Hey, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. But the stream is fucked up, so we're going to be, it's going to be a later gram because it's all fucked. Okay. It's because my internet, my T-Mobile internet service provider is garbage. T-Mobile, yeah, T-Mobile sucks. I haven't had signal at home for, like, since the springtime. Spring I only got it in one little corner. Springtime for Hitler. Um, hang on, let me check some things here while I'm doing this. Let's see. Testing one, two, three. I think I need to boost your levels a little. What is beeping? Stopped. Yeah, I stopped. You're beeping. Hold on, let me tell these girls. I stopped it. Sorry, T-Mobile is garbage. We'll have to listen to Mari. Sorry, I was telling the girls that they're going to have to listen. Now, let me find a compressor. i got to fix something. Because your audio is low, let me fix it. i got to get something to make you louder here. Multiband dynamics. Oh, God. What is this? Speech enhancer? Is that one? Uh, can you talk, please? Hello? No, that didn't Hello, help. hello, hello, hello. Yeah, it's better. Okay. Hello? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, okay. so how are you? This is Leslie Potter, lesbian Medjwine. He's seen here. I got to tell you, before you t answer, no, you can answer the question. How are you? It's your birthday week, right? Yeah, uh, my birthday's Friday, the 10th. Yay. How old are you going to be, can you say? Yep. Yeah, I'm going to be 27. Oh, wow, that's so young. What year were you born? Like 1990-something? 96. Oh, my 96. God. 96. I was already old in 96, and you were just a yeah, baby. Yeah, didn't, didn't you start this before I was even born? Yeah. Soon I'm going to have people on the grum that were, like, born after I've been grumming, you know what I mean? Actually, technically, yeah. I started the real yeast radio, the original yeast radio in 96, so, yeah, pretty much that. Oh, I used to do re real audio internet. Yeah. I'm feeling really garbagey today. I just had a... You're feeling garbage today? Right, right, uh, right. Because I, you know, I'm trying to get this HVAC system, HVAC. It's like, um, you know, it's called a multi-level split system, and they put air conditioning in your house, mostly because my yeah. spouse wants it. You know, I give a shit. But it's nice because it's quiet, right? Because the air conditioner is so loud, especially when I work from home. So this is like a thing where... You know, they put the, it's not central air because that you can't really do in this type of apartment, but it's like, um, it's a split system. So you see these, like, these things kind of like what they have in hotels where it's up near almost the ceiling at the top of the wall and it has like a machine, you know, that, you know, produces a nice amount of air conditioning. It can also produce heat. So you have two of them. Is it they, a dual inverter? Oh, you know about those Because I have one of those. Yeah. It's like where it does heat, you mean? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's at seventy. Is yours a Mitsubishi's? Um, let's see. Mine says LG, and it's oh LG. Got a little face logo on it. That stands for lesbian girl. That's mm -hmm. what I thought. 
Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's the inverter because they said, they told us when you want two units, you have to get heat. It's like required. We weren't intending to get heat. So the installer was like, oh, no problem. He writes up all this stuff, gives us a quote, and then turns out like, I'm sorry, the, the salesman, this was a while ago. I get it approved by the board, finally, which was a pain in the ass. And then the installer comes and he's like, oh, you can't do this, can't do that, got to do this. So now I have to go back to the board and get drainage approved. Plus the unit doesn't fit where he said it was going to fit. Plus if you want heat, well, it really isn't the right, it needs more space for heat than we have for the outside unit. But we're really not going to use heat. But you wanted to have the ability to use, you know, to produce heat later. Plus, you know, it's a selling yeah. point. And then it's like, he's like, oh, well, if you want, uh, are you going to have it permitted? I'm like, yeah, aren't you guys doing that? He's like, no, that's up to the client to get permits. I didn't fucking know that. Do I need a permit? I don't you fucking know. You have to get a know. permit? Well, it's, I don't know. I guess technically you do, but most people don't. So it's one of those. That sounds annoying. It's annoying, right? It's one of those things. It's like a gray area because you don't want to get a permit because if you get a permit, then you have to put these switches next to each unit, which are really ugly. Yeah, uh, if you get a permit, you're fucked. So we don't want a permit, but then if I don't get a permit, then I have to deal with, you know, what if they ask, right? I don't know. I kind of want to just say forget it. I don't know. It's really fucking annoying. I hate projects. What would you do? Yeah. What would I do? Yeah. Well, it's an apartment, you said? Yeah, condo. Mm, same so thing. why don't you have, is there like somebody who's in charge of your condo? Me. Oh, hmm. I'm the board president. Well, no, we have a manager. Why? Oh, what are you going to suggest? We have it up. Well, I was going to say have somebody else who's in charge take care of it. But if you're the one that's in charge, then I guess. Well, I mean, we do have a manager, but take charge to do what? To like find out about. Because that a permit or if you need a permit, find out about that. But of course she's going to say yes, because she's the manager. It's one of those catch 22s. You know what I mean? Mm. That's the uh -huh. problem. And if I'd say and yes. After what permit? Right. So, so far nobody's asked, which simple. is good. But the thing is, I had ChatGPT write the proposal for the board. And I think ChatGPT said that the company would be providing the permit. But I didn't say that. ChatGPT said that. So, oops. Right. Oops. And now how am I going to oh. explain all this to my spouse, you know? It's hard. They me. probably know as much as you. No, she's worse. She's going to be like, she just gets angry when I fuck things up or when things are fucked up because it's not really my fault. And she's just going to get upset. Yeah. So I probably should just say forget it, right? This is too much. Maybe forget it for now because it seems like it's a little stressful for well, you. Everything is stressful for, for me. I don't know. Or I could just try to do it, I guess. Well, how about you try and then I guess the thing is it's kind of like to do it anymore. It's kind of like this. You ever go on a vacation and then you get close and you're like, "Oh, this is too stressful. I don't I want to cancel it." But then you don't and you're glad. Or you don't no. do that. You don't ever want to cancel things. No. Not not vacations usually. Okay, maybe uh maybe like what's a better example? Um is there a, you don't ever like get the like last minute heebie-jeebies or whatever they call that not heebie-jeebies well sometimes i get like that last minute anxiety yeah that's what like I'm if saying. i'm going to a party where i don't know anybody but exactly. i just see what happens 
it doesn't work out. And but you don't ever think like, oh, I should not go because I'm too because it's too much no, stress. Because oh. my sister does that a lot, and I hate that. It's like just do it, and if it sucks, you could leave. Oh my god! I just saw these horrible. I was looking. I don't know why. I opened up like this email for some reason, and I saw this. Mm -hmm. These two horrible people I know from the gym in like an ad for the gay bar, like where they're showing people happy on the speedo run, and oh, uh, they're awful looking. I just hate them. I hate them. Uh, so I'll take a picture. I'm painting a picture right now. You're taking a picture. You're painting for you, Madge. I'm painting a picture for really? you. Oh, yeah. Of what? Because remember, you said that you wanted me to send you something in case I become famous. I forgot about that. And then when I texted you, then I saw that. But yes, I do. Thank you. Oh, yeah. So I'm painting you a picture right now. And oh. I just finished the background, but I want you to tell me what you want me to paint. I don't really feel like I want to tell you what to paint. Well, I was, I was just going to paint you if you weren't going to tell me. I could do that. Okay. Sure. Okay, I think whatever it is, I can, you, can you take a picture of it before you send it? And I'll use it as album art for this show. That would be fun. Okay. Yeah. yeah that would be fun. The background is really pretty, but um, let's see. I'm just going to paint you from memory. So I know you I'm have ugly. like big boobs and red lips. And I have the big glasses and I'm ugly and I usually wear big yeah, earrings. Big usually You've I got wear the big curly, like yeah. light brown hair. I wear flowers a lot. And um, I like yes, like a flower dress. I really like bagels and locks if I'm eating. Oh, sorry, it's very rude. Sorry, I didn't mean to get my Instagram on. Mm. I'm talking to you. It's just that my internet's so fucked up today. I had to call T-Mobile because I have the T-Mobile home mm -hmm. internet, where it's like my home yes. internet too, and it just it nothing worked today. So and I was working and I couldn't work. Um, you know, it sucked. I'm annoyed with T-Mobile. Yeah. I, mean, I don't really have internet time at yeah. home. Well, I don't I don't get Wi Fi, but I have like my phone gets the signal so I can use the internet from my phone and use the hotspot. Yeah, that's what I'm I doing. I haven't right really now. had signal. Yeah. Oh, that's what, what I do. You, you but live in the boondocks, right? The boondocks. I live well, I live in a in a town, but I live in like the woods, so it, I don't really get much signal out here anyways. And you live with um, somebody else, right? No, I live with my cat. Aren't you afraid of getting, like, you know, assaulted all by yourself? That sounds creepy. No. No? No. I, um, it's a really safe town, and oh. nothing really ever happens here. That's good. I go for walks at night sometimes. You're in Connecticut, right? So it's, like, it's pretty safe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's I nice. live in, like, Areas, I guess. I live in Chicago. It's not really safe at the moment, but it's not awful. You, you just can't really go out after ten, really, because you might get murdered. Yeah, I know it's very windy where you are. Oh, well, the wind is no problem. That's. I cool. always think of wind when I think of Chicago. Because it's the windy city, right? Yeah. What yeah. color dress do you want to wear? Flowers, but I like blues. I like purples. I like oranges with reds. Okay. Any of those Got colors it. are sound real nice for me. Okay. Yeah. I like what a lot of colors. What have you been up to, me, Edge? Oh, my God. I'm just a bitch. I don't know. Well, yeah, you me know. Too. 
The world bothers me. I don't really want to talk about the world. I thought it'd be a nice break from. Okay. I've been talking we'll, we'll to myself. We'll keep my, it lighthearted. Yeah, I've been talking to myself for weeks now on this show, and I'm just sick of myself. And what happened is, what really happened. I guess part of the reason I called you is like because I had I, I had ChatGPT transcribe. So there's this app called Whisper that transcribes my grums very nicely into text into text right so i i transcribed yeah. some random grum from like a year ago and then i had the chat gpt machine summarize it and it was just the most dark depressing yet accurate thing i should just read it to you it was so sad yeah, and read me some of it. terribly accurate that i'm like oh my god this it's not just about me it's about my life okay i'll read it it says the text appears to be an informal rambling where the speaker discusses various topics, predominantly dis expressing dissatisfaction with their job and life in general. The writer uses profanity and self-deprecating humor to convey a profound sense of discontent and frustration. They mention working in an unfulfilling and boring job they took on, they took on to provide for their household rather than the more vibrant career paths they previously pursued. Notable points include annoyance and disinterest in a mundane job, which involves coding, but doesn't pay as much as they believe suffering through the job should merit. Concerns about providing, yeah, concerns about providing for themselves and their partner financially, and the challenge of saving for retirement. Feelings of disillusionment with their audience size and the impact of their show, possibly a podcast or some form of online show, stating that they do it primarily for their own satisfaction. Well, that's really working. A desire to engage in meaningful discourse, but rather not to engage in meaningful discourse, but rather to vent their feelings and experiences, regardless of whether it affects the listener's mood. A brief mention of their gay cousins visiting, who has a potentially interesting history related to coming out before the Stonewall riots in New York City, an overall sense of apathy <laughs> toward trying to be popular or, or engaging with the audience and distaste for those who are successful gaining attention online. The speaker's narrative is disjointed and transitions rapidly from one topic to another without substantial linkage or conclusion, creating a stream of consciousness style delivery that focuses more on emotional expression than on structured conversation. Oh my God. Hmm. So horrible. I think I should come out and see you sometime. We'll have fun. Yeah. I also think that, um, I mean, do you think that's accurate? Yes. 100%. Do you feel that way? Yes. But I didn't really, I didn't really, it's kind of like, I don't know. Okay, so I'll give you a, a, a analogy. It's an analogy. I don't know when. When I was, I went to therapy when I was, after I had a bad acid trip in college. I was probably 17 or 18. I guess 18. Mm -hmm. So I went to this therapist, Riette Smith, in her basement. She had like soccer boppers for couples therapy. But anyway, I didn't use those. Do you know what a soccer bopper is? It's like a big plastic thing that you hit when you're whatever. They used to have them a long time ago. But so. They're, they're a punchy thing? So the first thing, yeah. So the first thing, and they pop back up. So the first thing she did is she had me do an MMPI, which is like Minnesota Multiple Personality Inventory or something like that. Not multiple. But in, it basically is hundreds of questions and it's supposed to give you a accurate, you know, kind of like idea of what your personality is and it asks you weird yeah. questions that don't make any sense and the questions really don't make sense but they they're not really 
there's no real logic to them. It's just that they know that if this, if you answer these questions, you're probably this diagnosis. If you answer these questions, you know, and some questions were like, are you afraid of knives? You know, was your mother this and that? Weird questions, right? Just that you can't really lie mm -hmm. about because you don't know the significance and what they mean. She said that I was, after taking this, she said, you're more depressed than 98% of the population after I took this test. I had no idea I was that depressed, right? I just thought that was normal because when you're you, you're normal, right? So I had no idea. Yeah, it's, you can't really compare your reality to someone else's. Right. So I guess when ChatGPT summarized me that way, it was kind of like a huge read. It was like when those drag queens do the reading challenge with the plastic glasses. I felt completely red and destroyed because it was like accurate, but in a way that I didn't, I don't know. It's not that I didn't know. Of course I knew, but it was like, oh, I don't know how to describe it. Like, wow. I, I think I understand what you were feeling. It's yeah. like a reality check, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So it made me realize like, no wonder I don't have an audience. This is the most depressing shit ever. I don't know why anybody I find would want it comforting. It. Really? Why? Yeah. I, I feel like you're like, stupid bitch. My Jewish aunt and I listen to you when I oh. cook and stuff. But a Jewish aunt the would Jewish aunt be I this, never had. Would a Jewish aunt be this depressing and just hate everything? She could be. Yeah. Anybody could be depressed. But I also yeah. I don't see you like I guess when people think of a depressed person they think of someone who doesn't have like you I have a, get up yeah. and do this grum and I feel like you have that motivation to do this even though like sometimes you're in a crummy mood but uh, like, you still do it and that takes well the reason is because the only time I do the grum is when I have the energy to do the grum you don't hear me when I don't <laughs> you know what I mean like you don't hear all the grums yeah. I don't do it's like when Roger Smalls said Madge you're always recording when you say I'm not recording because otherwise you wouldn't have recorded it you know what I'm saying so yeah. it's kind of like what color is George Washington's white horse? No, it's not. That doesn't make sense. But like, it's like, um, right. Let me just tell you. Okay, so I was in Spain for two weeks. My wife stayed two weeks more. And I was mm -hmm. just a basket case. I thought, oh, I'm going to have so much. One, I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to learn how to use this new software. I'm going to make music. I'm going to do grums every day. Maybe a live stream you know, on some YouTubes, do all kinds of stuff. Oh, and I got to go out to eat at all the restaurants that I, the, with the garbage food that my wife doesn't like. You know what I did? All I did is fucking sleep, like 20 hours. Like, it was like I would work. It was dreadful. I hated every minute of working. I had no energy to work. It was torture. And as soon as it was over, I'd go to bed and wake up the next day and work again. And would maybe wake up and eat, like, a cheese sandwich, just some pathetic. It was the most pathetic existence i don't remember the point as to why i didn't realize i was that fucking depressed uh leslie potter i really i thought i was better now i thought i was better mm. i thought that i'm just I, yeah i thought i was better why would anybody want to live with me if i'm that depressed i don't know my poor wife i think it's hard to see what other people see in you that's like true. you can't see yourself the way others see you maybe if i did so i wouldn't you, be you as can't depressed beat yourself down like that yeah but um like even i get depressed sometimes i i used to have very bad depression i used to yeah. not want to live at all but um 
and then I was on medication, and then I just stopped taking it when I was 21. Oh. I've been on it since I was, like, young. I quit cold, cold turkey, which was probably not good because I kind of, like, went a little crazy. But Like antidepressant um, medication, or...? Yeah, I was on antidepressants and antipsychotics. Uh-huh. Okay. I just stopped taking them. Why were you on antipsychotics, um, I, if you don't mind me asking? Um, well, they said that I had, like, psychotic depression. What's that? And I, like, like when my depression gets real bad, I kind of, um, like, I, I would just get, like, delusional and, like, freak out a bit, but... Um, I haven't had any of those issues really that I'm aware of, but can I, can sometimes I, ask, I still get a little depressed. Can I ask oh, a question? Cause I'm similar in that way, but I, you know, everybody gets different diagnoses. I was diagnosed as bipolar, but it turns out that I was actually doing a lot of drugs, which made me kind of mad. So I'm just wondering, like when you got that diagnosis, were you doing any kind of drugs like street drugs? No, I, I don't was, mean like, no, I was, I was didn't even smoke weed at all or drink alcohol. I was. Oh. So I was 14 when I was first hospitalized and then, um, oh my God. For a while, but my sister, she actually has, um, what you have. Oh, but so see, I think maybe there's like, but see, I don't claim it because they gave me that diagnosis when I was taking mushrooms every day. I haven't been, I'm not manic depressive. That was just the diagnosis they gave me. I'm just depressed. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have manic. Episodes. Yeah. I, I feel like ever since I, did psychedelics yeah it's really helped me a lot like yeah i remember the first time i did acid mm-hmm. um i was i think i was 20 mm-hmm. and i like immediately after it mm-hmm. and like for a while after i felt great and um mm-hmm. i wasn't like wanting to die all the time and stuff and uh so i was mm-hmm. microdosing for a while and and then i started to abuse it and i yeah. ended up doing a lot of acid so i stopped but um I think that, like, after this year is up, because, you know, this year I'm doing it, like, completely sober. But I think I'll just do shrooms, like, mm-hmm. now and again. But I don't think I'll do acid again. And I'm afraid of acid. Yeah, you know, my experience of going to jail from, yeah, on acid so, because of bad trips. So I don't, I'm scared of it. Shrooms. Yeah. Once in a while, like, microdosing, that's cool. I haven't been doing it lately just because it's, I don't know. It's it's work, you know. You have to get them and take them and whatever. But it, yeah, I like microdosing. That that has been helpful. Do you do that? Yeah, I you find do. it. Yeah, I do find um, microdosing helpful. And yeah, I yeah, I've I've done acid. I've done shrooms. I've done DMT. And oh, what was DMT think, like? Oh, it was great. I did it only once, uh-huh. um, and I they call it blasting off when like you do it correctly and you end up in like somewhere totally different in your mind. Mm -hmm. But I did it. And so basically like the first hit I did it in my bedroom Mm -hmm. when I was 20, I think I was 22 at the time. And um, so the first hit my room kind of like turned round and everything stretched out really long. So like my fingers were long on the quilt I was laying on, like the pattern got long and, and then the second hit, the light on my ceiling turned into a robot that was leading me down a tunnel. And there was like lime green and cyan swirlies. And, and then the third one, everything turned black. And I, and then I was in like this place. I can only describe it as heaven. Yeah. It felt like heaven to me. It was this giant 
warm golden meadow of flowers and it was so quiet and um I'd never felt peace like that before in my entire life and it was like beautiful but also kind of scary and Mm -hmm. I felt like I the only thing I can describe it as is like I felt God presence but like also I'm God and that's yeah that's what I got out of that and um and then I came back and was listening to Lana Del Rey had Lana in the background interesting it's very interesting. So when you said, wow, did you say it makes you kind of like have a whole, like um, like the world is different, right? Like it's not the real world at all. Is that what you're trying to say? So they they call it blasting off. So yeah. if you do it correctly, yeah. you're supposed to basically go to like some other world that isn't this world. Yeah. And people write about their experiences and they just, it's crazy outlandish stuff, but. Um, I'm happy that I went to a nice place. And if that's where I'm going to go when I die, like if that's heaven, I, I don't care. And how long did it last? Does that blast off last? It, for me, it felt like a little while, mm-hmm. but it was probably just a few minutes. You know, it's interesting. And then when yeah. I came back though, oh, what? Well, no, go uh, ahead. when I came Finish back, I was wearing a, I was wearing an, a white dress. Yeah. And when I came back, like, I think I must've, been spitting up on myself at some point i was by myself so i don't know what was happening while i was under but mm-hmm. like i think i was like i might have spit up on myself it was so i don't know what happened while i was under but like in the real world but so i felt the sense of euphoria after and how old were you felt. were you at this time with the I was 22 20 so not well for you that seems like a long time ago because you're young so when you know, I, I suffer from cluster headaches. I've talked about it, and it's a they happen depends. Mm-hmm. You know, lately about every two years, sometimes three years. It's weird. Sometimes it goes five yeah. years without, and then they happen like constantly for months, right? And it's I sell my oxygen tank. I don't. I'm just afraid to get rid of it. It's only fifty dollars a month, but I'm afraid like as soon as I get rid of it, I'll need it again. And getting it is so hard. But, yeah, but I anyway, think that's good to keep on. To but but so I was in a cluster. There's a group called Cluster Busters, right? And they're like. It's yeah. a it's a group of people and they use psychedelics to treat cluster headaches and there's a lot of anecdotal evidence that it works. Shrooms like there's a way to use shrooms to dose in a certain way to remove relieve the frequency but one thing there's one thing you can do okay so oxygen works but there's one drug you can take that gets rid of it right away and it's DMT. The problem is though mm-hmm. it's it sends you like you say blasting off to another planet but it works. Yeah. Every time. I think that's if you, if you take a high amount. Well, you have to vape it. Is that what you did? Did you vape it? I so I took it from a bowl because mm. I had it in like powder form, and so I mixed it with weed and I smoked it from a bowl. Yeah. So they say for this. There's several different ways you could take it. They said for this you vape. I guess it's a liquid. I don't know, and that's it has to be. I think the you most, can vape it. You can yeah. get it in that form. Hang on, and that I'm would gonna probably be really strong. I'm te- I'm just doing an audio tweak just because I figured out how to make you louder the right way. So hang on. Okay. Are you still there? Yeah. Yeah. That's so weird. Why not? Oh, you're still, can you say something like, we Mimi? Hello, hello, hello. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. I don't know. My audio is weird. So that's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm just, drugs are very scary to me though at the same time, you know? They're scary. Yeah. I mean, the way... Maybe think of it this way, like DMT is produced naturally by your brain. What's that? So 
DMT is produced naturally oh. in the brain, from what I understand, because it's the drug uh -huh. that's produced when you're dying. Oh, really? So it's oh. basically like, oh yeah, another thing I forgot to mention when I was doing DMT, um, I like. and I was completely okay with it. Like I could have, somebody could have came in my room and shot me in the head and I would have not cared. Can like you say I, that again? Cause I, I lost your, I lost your, your, your audio front. Second. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay, it was just so, like T-Mobile shit. Go ahead. Just say it again. Yeah. You left your body. So like a lot of the things. Yeah. I know it like, it doesn't really make sense, but I felt my soul leave my body. Oh wow. And, um, like that's just the best way I could describe it. I felt my soul leave my body. And I felt like there was nothing in me and it was okay if I died in that moment. Like I was completely at peace, like a peace I've never felt before in my entire life. But and were you still your soul? So strange. Were you your soul or were you, where were you, your consciousness? Were you, I was laying on my bed, but I felt like, but I mean, where was so your this consciousness? Was before the, so this was before my, the, the light on my ceiling turned into a robot leading me down mm -hmm. a tunnel. So it was like yeah. after the first hit. But where were um, you, what I'm trying to say is where was your, your consciousness? Were you in your body or were you in the soul? Cause you said your soul left your body. Where were you, you being your consciousness? I, I felt like everything that I was left, like ego, it just was gone. Um, so there but I was still able to think and, but I felt like everything that made me who I was, the unique little quirks and whatnot, I felt like. All of that was just like the vanities were gone. So who was observing this? Who was the you that was the observer in this? I don't understand. Yeah, I guess that's a bigger question. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's, that's what I mean when I say it doesn't really make sense. I felt my soul leave my body. And I felt like no. I think it makes sense. I'm just like, trying to figure out if there's a way you can explain it. It obviously makes sense. Okay, to you. so like imagine you have a bowl of ice cream and it's got sprinkles and fruit and whipped cream. Yeah, it's vanilla ice cream with all the fun stuff on it. And then like imagine it, all the fun stuff is just gone and you're left with vanilla ice cream. Mm -hmm. Like, does that does that help? I mean, I like vanilla ice cream. It would still be good. Yeah, like. All the fun stuff that you've added over time, the unique personality. It was. Yeah. I, but who's I the think it's just something that if you did it, you might understand. But who's eating? Who's eating the ice cream? Yeah. Well, I think that nobody's really eating the ice cream. It's just a bowl of ice cream. Hmm. You know, there's been some. I read these dumb articles and like new scientists, and I'm sure it's bullshit. But who knows? Mm -hmm. But they, yeah, I love playing with dumb ideas because sometimes it's just so fun. And then you can be so yeah. ho hopeful. But there's some scientists who believe that, and there's there's not, there there's not enough evidence for this that real scientists don't. There's not like, you can't prove it, whatever. It's just some bullshit. People hide, people think. Yeah. But that the idea is that um, there's a quantum property to thinking that, Basically, like when you're, you know, how what's quantum superpositions are is basically you have two things in completely different spaces and yet they, they interact. Right. And this is something you can actually prove today. So you can have some, some atom, you know, some, some thing, I don't know whether it's an atom or whatever that's here. And then another one maybe is by, you know, somewhere else. And if I 
move one in, in a certain way, the other one will move in, in the same way. It kind of like a light, like if you imagine a light switch in two different places and they both are perfectly in sync, even though they're not connected. And they're, so yeah. they just, in other words, and, and it doesn't matter, the speed of light doesn't even matter. They're instantaneously in sync. And that, that your brain might have some quantum properties to it. In other words, when you take those drugs, you might be f traveling basically to other God knows what universes. I don't know. Realms. Who like knows? my brain is picking up signals from yeah, somewhere else. Totally. It could be. Yeah. You could be somewhere else. Like in mm -hmm. multiple but places. I don't. And the, the other people think, I mean, it's a pretty common thing, idea that your brain is just a filter. So there's way more out there and your brain filters it so that you can, you know, go about your business of reproducing as a human and furthering the race. That if you saw everything that was out there, you just freak out and probably masturbate. I don't know, or something. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It's fascinating. Well, I, I think that there's a lot of things that we don't understand because, mm -hmm. I mean, the reality of it. There's so much space that we, we don't know about and we haven't even skimmed the surface of what's out there. I think that what's out there is we can't understand it. Yeah, right, because we're not smart enough. We we're, need to evolve just... further, yeah. Well, this is what my thing is about AI. Like, people are like, oh, my God, I watch these dumb, like, sci-fi shows. Like, there's this one called Invasion on Apple, right? And it's about this, mm -hmm. you know, higher intelligence or aliens come and invade, and they're all evil, and they turn into fly-looking like creatures, and they want to kill all the people. And it's like this idea that, and part of that is just you know, and a metaphor for the, what we do with, you know, you know, immigrants and stuff, but like the idea that a higher, a truly higher intelligence would be anything but peaceful is laughable to me because if it's truly a tr higher intelligence, it knows that war is stupid, that you don't fight, that that makes no sense. Right. Yeah. Why, I feel uh, like if, yeah. if it's something smarter, it would understand that if you, if you, it would understand that we're that, all the same thing. Existence. We're all the same. Yeah, and to hate somebody thing. for their differences. Right. It's part, it's hating yourself. It's like you're hating yourself. It's like your liver hating your kidney. Like you're all the same organism. It's so stupid. And any higher intelligence would know that. Or any. You can compare it to cancer in the body, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, you could. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. It's all probably. Yeah, I, I, I think it's sick that people could just hate another for no reason. anything that's out of their control or just their, just no reason at all or their beliefs on when, what when, they think that is. When I was little, I really had a strong belief. Before I studied anything, I had this strong belief that like, we're all just, it's all like the whole, everything is fractals. Like I thought, oh, I'm made of atoms. The atoms are made of other little universes and inside those universes are other, you know, little solar systems and little earths and little people, right? I always yeah. kind of believed that, that we're just like, it's just infinitely smaller and smaller and bigger and bigger, you know? Just seems like it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I kind of thought something like that. I remember when, I, I think I was like 10 or 12, and I, yeah. I was telling my mom how I thought that space was, because I was learning about cells yeah. in uh, class, and I told her how it was very much like the solar system, and like, oh. what if the solar system is like, like a cell, essentially, and we're a part of something much, much, much bigger, and we're just this tiny little molecule. Yeah, I've never thought of it in terms of cells, but that's pretty cool, too. Because yeah. then we could be, like, a part of some giant thing that... 
Yeah. It's really interesting too, like how life evolved. And from what I understand, and see, this is the problem. Like I read a lot about this stuff, but I have a really bad memory and my brain isn't big enough to like retain it. Like I love to read a book and I'm like, wow, this is fascinating. It makes sense now. And then I like read the next book and I forgot about the last one. This is just how I am. I'm just not smart enough. I wish I had that big brain that could put it all together, but like I find bits and pieces and then I'm mad at myself for not like remembering it. But I kind of, so when I, whenever I say stuff, I'm never sure if it's correct or not, which is why I'm full of shit. But like, I, I'm pretty sure that when it comes to how life, I, I'm pretty sure scientists don't understand how life started. You know, that the only thing that really makes sense is that it came, they haven't been able to replicate it. Like life forming from these inert things, like these plain elements, life just spontaneously coming about you know they know how evolution works but they don't know how that first bit of life started and the way like how a cell evolved and i was looking at like the the chart of all evolution right from like mono from like before they even had cells to like now us and the the time frame if you look at it is really interesting like it took like maybe a billion years to get from like you know dna to like one cell and then uh, you know, each iteration gets smaller as to the next level of complexity, kind of. I don't know. You can Google the chart, but it's fascinating. Like, how the fuck did a machine, did the cells happen where you have these factories? And then they, it's it's fascinating. And I've always thought, like, you know, of course I believe in evolution, but at the same time, I kind of always believed in intelligent design, too. Because it's just... I guess I'm just too stupid to understand. And scientists will say, no, there's plenty of time for evolution. It all makes sense. Like there's plenty of time, like it's all random. And then we just randomly like did natural selection. And now I'm a human being that sucks. And that, and and then we're all going to kill ourselves with being selfish because of evolution. Like, I feel like there's something missing, you know? Yeah. I, I think about that kind of a thing sometimes and like God and, like, mm-hmm. where did we come from and what's the point of all of this? And I think that, like, in conclusion, thinking about it isn't really going to matter in the end. Like, yeah. you just have to, I'm just here for the ride and I'm trying to enjoy it yeah. and do what I like and what makes me happy while also not hurting anybody. Yeah, um, totally. Because, like, by the time I find out, I'm going to be dead. Well. Maybe. Unless I find out. Yeah, like, but you might. But, but what if you? How do you know you're going to find out when you're dead? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and if dying is like doing DMT, it's not so bad. But also, yeah. like, I think that there's things that you can enjoy about Death. life. Um. I, okay. So let me tell you how I yeah. kind of like fix my depression. Okay. Without medication, although sometimes I do get seriously depressed, and yeah. like one time I slept for almost 20 hours mm-hmm. and then I had to go to work, but it was, um, tell me. So sometimes every now and again, I get really depressed, but mm-hmm. this is what I did. I started living by myself and, um, I got rid of all my social media and I like have a very small group of friends, but they're good friends. And I see them when I want to see them. And mm-hmm. um, I've been, I meditate. That's been helping a lot. Um, so it sounds like you changed. And if I don't like, uh, well, you if cha- I don't like something yeah. or someone, I, I um, like, I, I get rid of it. Okay. And 
Um, also, too, though, I like grew up in a very abusive yeah. home. I got a very abusive stepfather, yeah. and I think that was one of the big reasons why, like, I wanted to kill myself all the time and why I was super sure. depressed. So, as soon as I got out of that, it got a bit better. So, you mentioned a lot of things that you changed. Did you change them all at once? Like, I'm curious. Like, is one more like okay? So you moved in by yourself. Uh, what were the others? You stopped social media. Like I got rid of all my social media because I noticed that yeah. I was just seeing a lot of bad things. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't watch TV either. Like, I don't have a TV, really. I, I have one of those things where you can play VHS tapes, but... Yeah. Um, like, I don't really watch TV ever. I don't do social media. Did you do that at the same time, account, though? But, like, did, did you move out by yourself at the same time you quit social? So I moved out, um, I think I quit social media before I moved out by mm. myself. Um, and then, so I was living alone. And when it did was, you start meditating? Uh, the same time that I moved out. So, so the same time I started living alone. Interesting. So you made a bunch of changes. And that helps significantly. So one time, mm. usually I meditate for like 10 to 20 minutes, several times a week. Um, yeah. but one time I meditated for over an hour and like, I felt the effects the next day, even like nothing what, bothered me. What's your practice? Like, how did you learn to do it? What, how do you do it? Uh, so one of my cousins taught me when I was young, actually, like I was like a young teenager and he taught me about it. Mm. And so like, I, I've always kind of dabbled with meditation, but then, um, I met a friend and they, they, reminded me of the importance of meditation and so i was like oh i should probably incorporate that back into my life and i did and i'm happy that i did but like what do you do though but, like what is meditation so how do you do it there, there's two ways that i do it mm -hmm. um my favorite way to do it is i have this mat it's called a shakti mat and it's it's basically like a yoga mat with spikes on it and mm -hmm. so i lay on that it's an acupressure mat that's, that's what they call it acupressure okay. and so i I lay on that and um, and then I just, I put a blanket over me and then I close my eyes and I focus on my breathing and I do that usually for like 20 minutes or 30 minutes. So you don't fall asleep. Depending on how I'm feeling. I, some, uh, depends on how I'm feeling. Sometimes I'm just really tired and careless and I'm not like actually paying attention to the meditation, but um, I'll focus on my breathing and... Mm -hmm. I just try to not think about anything at all. Oh. I just focus on the breathing. And then uh, oh. sometimes I'll sit up and do it, and that kind of hurts my lower back, so I prefer to lay down and do it. But So it doesn't uh, sound And then every like now and again, I'll... It's just more like... No, it's not physical discipline. at all. You just lay down no, or difficult. sit down. I said and, difficult. Yeah, it's not difficult. Okay. You just have to not think about anything. And um, mm -hmm. oh, Sometimes, though, I'll listen to guided meditations on YouTube. You could look them up. Yeah. And those are those are more like fun meditations, I guess, because yeah. you're actually thinking and imagining that you're at this place or whatever yeah. they're telling you. Um, so I feel like, but I feel like I get more benefits out of the silent meditations. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, it sounds you, like a good practice because it sounds easy. You know, I hate things that are difficult. Or yeah, sometimes I even do it when I'm like feeling stressed. In life, I'll just. What is that one type of meditation? I'll do a quick one. TM, transcendental meditation. Have you ever tried that? 
what kind of meditation? Transcendental meditation. It's like you get a mantra. You have to be trained on it. No, Howard Stern. Oh, I, I, I think I. Yeah, so I, I was going to this Buddhist temple in town mm-hmm. for a yeah. couple weeks, and I, it's not really for me, but um, they did something like that where they'd say these mantras over and over and over again, like over a hundred times, and yeah. I'm just supposed to stare into the eyes of like a one of the gods while yeah. they do it, like a statue, and. Um, they have it printed out on paper and oh. I'm just supposed to look at the eyes on the paper and I, I don't really feel anything from it. I've been practicing Taoism actually oh. since I've been living alone uh-huh. and that's not really a religion. I think it's hard for me to believe in a God. Like I, like I, I'm sure maybe I'm not dispelling the fact that there could be something higher out there that created all of this because there's things we don't understand. Right. But mm-hmm. I think that, a philosophy is a lot more palatable for me because like I'm not bowing down to something so specific. Cause I feel like a lot of times with God, it's very specific and dogmatic. You don't like dogma. Yeah. It sounds like you don't like dogma because yeah, the same thing with your meditation is not dogma. How do you define dogma? Like, you know, having something that has a lot of rules and instructions. Like, you don't like, I'm the same way. Like, you don't like the dogmatic Buddhism where you have to follow the instructions and read the chants and look at the Buddhas. That's like all, you know, it's like somebody, it's like who invented those rules when you can just lie down and think about your breathing. It makes sense. That's, yeah. Yeah. And religion is the same. Like, what I like about... Like, why should oh, you, you have, think? well, I mean, religion is dogmatic too. Like, why should you have to believe in a God when you can believe in the idea of God without having to define it? Because you're not, as a human being, you're not, you're not capable of defining it. Nobody is. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. there's probably something out there that I don't understand there could be. Right. And I think that, like, a book isn't going to, like, who wrote the book? How do, how do you, yeah. that makes no sense. But, it's just like, like, why are all these the rules? It's just like going to like getting them. It's just like business school, honestly. Like in business school, they have all these dumb ass, you know, ideas. Like here's how to, you know, market a widget. Okay, first you do this, then you do this. And here are the three paradigms of how this It's like, and then you have to memorize it and, you know, and take a test. And it's like, it's who, who decided this is accurate? It's just fucking some shit somebody wanted to do so they could get a degree yeah. and get paid or not have to work or some shit. Yeah. Totally. I feel like if you have a good business idea, it will be successful. So as long as you know how to like promote yourself. I mean, if you're a good business person, I'm certainly not, but yeah, totally. What about you? Are you still going to be uh, what are, what are, what's your career world? Like your business world, your, you know your uh, whole work so, your work i guess i don't know how to define it whatever you call it i've kind of been unhappy at work at the pottery studio because uh-huh. um and everybody actually i, I could you not everybody that works there wants to leave uh-huh. nobody's happy because yeah. i guess uh the boss displays some seriously narcissistic traits oh. like today was my birthday celebration at work and he made it all about him and he kept making all these nasty comments towards me because we didn't make him a birthday cake for his birthday but he was on vacation for like a month on his birthday Ugh. so we couldn't make him a cake on his birthday yeah so he like instead just ruined my birthday but we all got together after work and we put a candle in the cake again and sang happy birthday to me again and i made another <laughs> wish so yeah. um 
So that was fine. Well, you can't say but that the wishes, I gave him the silent right? treatment all day. No, I can't, but I'm sure you can guess based on how I'm feeling. But, um, mm. but what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So I'm working on Save the Plus is Long Gone. That was just an idea I had uh-huh. in like the spur of a moment. Sometimes I get a little impulsive. Yeah. And, uh, I was also on acid, but, um, yeah. I, for the past year, I've been working on starting this tea business. It's called sea tea, like uh-huh. sea in the ocean tea. Yeah. And a dollar from each purchase will go towards marine conservation. And mm. the blends are inspired by different coastal communities or islands that I've been to that oh. I think are beautiful. And I, I feel like peace at those places and um, just unique places that I've been. Uh, I have four blends right now. So I have the Connecticut Coastline, which is an herbal tea. Mm -hmm. I don't want to give too many details away because um, you'll see when I put the website up. I'm going to make the website later this month after I get paid. I'm going to buy the website. But then I got to get the LLC and trademark it. And I've already had a tea tasting for it too. And that went really well. And I went to this big party recently and it was a lot of like entrepreneurs and they are fully supportive of me and Mm -hmm. um they want to help me are you gonna go on shark tanks you go on shark tanks probably not i think um i I don't think i need you don't think you need to i think i'll be fine yeah that's good i don't think i need to um so that's going well um, and I'll make ceramic teacups because I don't want to like forget about my art form. Yeah. I do enjoy pottery. So I'll make ceramic teacups and I'll paint with mason stain, which is like basically a paint for clay. You know what um, I love? Well, I, I love clay teapots. I love clay teapots. Clay I, used teapot. to, I used to have one, you know, cause you got to get a different one for each type of tea cause they retain the flavor. I think that would be a really cool thing cause you make, yeah, that is you good already idea. do that. And they're wonderful, and they really enhance the flavor, and they're so, like, I don't know, sensual, and they have the ritual. Um, you yeah, can make to have, really like, a matching teapot and a teacup, that, that's nice. You can make one uh, inspired by me and have it kind of with lips. Yeah, I can have it be, like, a mermaid match. Mm. Yeah. Lip, like those yeah. those things you made, the, what was it, a vase when you were on the show with me, and it looked like a... Oh, it was lippy. very sensual. Yeah. 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 Well, sounds like you've got some ambition. That's good. More than I can say. My ambition is to eat yeah. shit and sleep. Oh, did I tell you that I went to a psychic? No. Did I tell you about that? Mm-mm. Oh, so I went to a psychic back in the springtime. Okay. And her name is Bonnie. And I went to her because my coworker went and she freaked out because of how accurate it was. Ooh. And she basically... I'll, I'll sum it up because it was a lot of stuff. But okay. basically what she said is, um, I'm going to try something creative and it's not going to work out like I planned. And I'm going to have a friend who's a couple of years younger than me who's going to help me in business, which is my friend who I went to her house to have cake and her family. Mm-hmm. She has like a big business family, super yeah. successful business people. And she's been helping me a lot. Uh, well, anyway, she said that I have a friend who's a couple years younger than me who's going to help me with business. Yeah. She said that there's going to be 
So she was pulling like tarot cards and one of them was the death card. And she said, I want you to know this isn't a scary card. This is actually a very good card. Right. Cause it means that there's going to be a death of an era in your life. And then there's going to be something like greater beyond your wildest dreams that comes mm-hmm. ahead. And then she said that, um, I'm going to be like, she said, I got the star card mm-hmm. for who I am as a person. And that basically means she said, it's the card that everybody wants. Oh. And it means that I'm going to be like, big and make a change in the world and like have influence and power. And she said that there's like luxury and status and material things in my future, which I don't really care for material things. I'm like a sucker for nice jewelry, but maybe that's what that means. Um, Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think that, Oh wait, I lost your audio, but I I I think that's accurate. I I could see that. I think you have a you have a certain sureness about you that makes me think you're going to be very successful. You know, you kind of know I, you know your worth, right? And you are very yeah. unique and artistic. So I think you've got a lot of good qualities. And I yeah, definitely think yeah. that I'll be fine. It's just yeah. Um. Yeah. You just have to be patient. I, that's the thing I say, like, because, of course, I'm always going to compare it to myself. I think the hardest thing about success is faith, having the faith to wait long enough to let it happen instead of quitting too soon. Yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah, there's not much, like, I have no time to quit now. Yeah. Because I know I'm going to be 27 in a couple of days, but, like, before I know it, I'm going to be running out of time. And well, you never I feel like, really I do. almost feel like I should have done this a long time ago, but Wait, you're so young. It's I, better that I do it now. Yeah, but you're so young. You don't know how young you are because you feel old, but you you have no idea how young you are. You can do still do any whatever you want. You can do whatever you yeah. want. Yeah. If you have a whatever it is that you want to do, you still have plenty of time to do it. You do. Yeah, that's why It's really true. That's why I'm doing it. Yeah, good. Um and then because I I also feel like, you know, I I like working with ceramics, but I've felt for a while pretty unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. And after sitting and thinking about it for a while, I realized, like, I'm just making these, like, luxury materialistic things for people that they only keep for a season because it's in style and then they get a new one. And, like, I'm not making any sort of a positive change in the world. I'm just making material things that don't matter. Oh, well. I, like, I yeah, but material things. If it makes people happy, that matters, right? Yeah, but if you're no. making the world pretty, it helps. You know, here's listen to what I did today, okay? Because this is if you want to see. I mean, it's all relative, but my shit for the shit that I, my interests. I'm. I love being creative. I love producing stuff. I like to make change. But what I have to do to make a living is so fucking ridiculous. Let me just give you a slice of it today, right? So I get, you know, I do these fucking, I don't want to say even the industry, but it's like this boring shit that I do. Like, it's basically these applications I make to make people's boring jobs more efficient in certain ways, right? Mm -hmm. So this fucking dude sends me an email that he reviewed this thing I made for him that's been going back and forth for over a year this project that he really doesn't seem to want to bring it to fruition for whatever reason. So he always finds these dumb reasons why it's not ready to go live yet into production, they call it. 
And the, so today, so he sent me these list of things yesterday, and I went through my punch list of fixing these things today, right? A couple of them were just easy, like change the wording of this to this, right? It was so lame, like add this word. But then one of it was like in the email, this monthly email you send out, everything should be in the font, um, I don't remember, Calibri 11. Everything should be in Calibri 11. But the but you have it so that they, the text before the table is Calibri 11, after the table is Calibri 11, but the, te- the table itself is Times New Roman 12 point. And I thought, oh, that sucks. So I, I go through and I start changing it, and then it made it worse. The font went crazy because sometimes when you do these things, it's not direct coding. There's certain things involved that make it suck to, to spare you too much detail. So I do this, and then I said, wait a second. And I looked at the original sample he gave me, and I said, you know what? This is not Times New Roman. It's all the same font. It's all actually correct. And exactly what he's asking for is already the case in the document he sent me. So I'm like, I don't know what's happening here. So he sent me a document that he said, this is wrong. But I put it in like a word processor to check the font. And I was like, no, this is like, in other words, he's asking for something that's already, it's like paint my house perfect white but your house is already perfect white. I don't know how to think of a better example. You know what I mean? It's just insane, right? Yeah. So my day was basically telling him that and then writing an email explaining why he's wrong without help, without making him lose face because there's 20 million people CC'd. I said, well, maybe, yeah, I'm trying to think, how could he possibly be right? So I said, well, maybe if it's really different fonts on your screen, you should send me a... A screenshot. So anyway, you get the idea. My point is, this is not why I was put on this earth, yet this is what I have to do every day of my life. It is just insane and dystopian. And at least I'm at home, though, right? At least I'm not in an office doing this. So that's an improvement. And I get paid. Oh, that's but nice it's to like, get to work from home. Yeah, but it's like, it's a complete waste of life, and it sucks. I mean, even if I was getting 10 times as much money, it would still feel just as horrible because... The money doesn't make up for the fact that you're wasting your fucking life, right? Feels awful. Yeah. Sucks. But in this well, world I'm in... If my in, business yeah. becomes super successful, you have a space with me. Okay, thank you. Thanks. So... I make you do stupid stuff. What? I won't have you doing stupid stuff. <laughs> thank it'll, you. It'll do something exciting. Like... I mean, what I would really like to do is, you know, probably nothing and get paid. Is there is there a position for that? You could do nothing sometimes, okay. but sometimes you have to do things. But it could be like a like a Zen thing. You're like, that's a new job. Like, here's my chief nothing officer. Your CNO. Maybe you could be in charge of meditation. Yeah, that's perfect. I'll I have daily that. meditation at work. Yeah. But I would only be in charge. Yeah, but no, it would just be me. It has to be like really totally, you know, it's like, uh, what's the word that Cheryl always was when somebody's like a nihilist position, like chief nihilism officer. Like I would just, my whole purpose would be that I don't have a purpose, you know? And it's like, I'm kind of like a black hole in your office where it's like, why is this person sitting there in an empty office? doing absolutely nothing oh that's my chief nothingness officer or chief nihilism officer but he's just there because life has no meaning could that work 
Yeah. Okay, I don't believe you, but that's okay. We'll work it out. I mean, I suppose I, I could, like... I, I could, I'll tweak it a bit. Yeah, tweak it. I mean, I could, like, maybe paint things. I don't know. Maybe you can help paint the sea creatures on the teacups. I think I would be inspiring. Inspiration. I would provide a lot of Because I would want to paint endangered sea creatures. Yeah, well, I could that go. Tra- I could go travel and yeah, for you, take pictures of stuff. Yeah, but I'd have to. You can, you can help me pick up beach trash. Yeah, I could do that. I don't mind that. I don't mind okay. that. All right. Well, I think that's enough. I need to go, and it's been an hour. And thank you so much. I'm glad it was so nice to not just yeah to change. It was nice chat. Nice change. Yeah, it's always nice talking to you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So we'll see you in okay, well, the world. Whatever this painting drives, <laughs> I'll send you um, a goodie bag in the mail. And please send me a picture of it too. It's oil paint, so. Can you yeah. just, just send me a picture of it so I can use it for album art if soon if you can, like because I'll post it Monday if you don't mind. Can you do that? Okay, yeah, I'll send you a picture. It doesn't sometime. have to be finished. It, it doesn't even have to be that, just something. Yeah, it's definitely not finished. Um, but. I'll, just send, I'll send you what I've got later tonight. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Lizzie Potter. Okay, bye, Madge. Bye, honey. Squish soon. All right, audience. I think I'm done. But do I have music to play? I think I might. Just I, I found this B. Arthur album, so I don't know what the fuck is that about. But I guess I'll just play it. I don't know what this is. That's so weird. Am I recording? Thank, thank you. Um, I, I just took an autism test. You, you swab your nostril and it came back inconclusive, so maybe I'll find out later. <clears throat> okay, so a very devout Catholic man has finally found the woman of his dreams and he married her and it's been six months since they've been married and he's very happy and he's so grateful. So he goes to church to pray and to thank God. So he gets down on his knees and he says, God, thank you so much for this wonderful woman in my life. I can't tell you how happy I am. And then out of nowhere, this big booming voice comes out and says, you're welcome. He's looking around, he says, God, is that you? And God says, yes, my son. And and the boy says, well, Thank you, thank you so much, and thank you, you know, my my wife, she is so beautiful. Thank you for making her so beautiful. And God says, I made her beautiful so you could love her. And he says, thank you. And she's, she's so good in the kitchen, she makes these amazing meals, thank you so much. And God says, my son, I made her this way so that you could love her. And he says, thank you, and I don't mean to be indelicate, but Man, is she great in the sack. And God says, well, I made her this way so that you could love her. And then the man says, you know what, God, I do have one question. Why is she so dumb? And God says, I made her that way so she could love you. Oh, God, the TV years. I have to tell you how I got involved in the first place. My darling Norman Lear, whom I didn't know at the time, yeah, 
Norman had seen and heard me sing garbage in the Shoestring Review. And a few years later, uh, called me about doing something with him. The project never, never amounted anything, but we became very close friends. And then, when he did become so successful uh, with the series All in the Family, he called me and asked me to come out and play a part. He'd write something for me. And it turned out to be Edith Bunker's liberal cousin, Maud. And it was a hell of a lot of fun. And then uh, shortly after that, Norman called me and told me that he had gotten a call from the president of CBS, who said to him, who is that girl? Let's give her her own series. I love that. Who is that girl? I was already middle-aged. Yeah. But that's how it all came about. I like to think of it as, uh, as yet another Cinderella story. But you know, <laughs> in terms of comedy, Maud was a real groundbreaker, a real groundbreaker, meaning that every week on the third day of rehearsal, we would have to read the entire script to the network censor. And then poor Norman, you know, would say, look, B has to say that word. I will cut that word, I'll cut that sentence, I'll cut that whole area, but she has to say that. I remember once I was supposed to say son of a bitch. They wouldn't let me do it. I ended up saying, son of a witch. <laughs> but of course, once Golden Girls came around, things were a lot easier. <laughs> no, 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 but no, wait, no, you know? I remember the very first uh, episode, the very first script we got uh, for Golden Girls. Uh, Blanche, uh, who was played by Rue McClanahan, introduced her date of the evening uh, to my mother, Sophia, you know, who was played by Estelle Getty. And the man was a complete idiot, a complete idiot. I mean, he went around saying things like, oh, come on now, you can't be her mother. You look more like her younger sister. When he left the room, Sophia announced, the man is a douchebag. <laughs> We had to cut that. <laughs> but I tell you, for me, for me, TV was so creatively rewarding. I mean, both with Golden Girls and, and with Maud. I mean, working with such, such talented people, you know, the writers, the actors, the directors, the producers, you know doing material that was bright and, and literate and original and adult and daring. Okay, so let's get on with the Catholic Church, shall we? <laughs> this man decides he's been away from the church for a while and he wants to get back into it. But he thinks that before he goes to an actual service, he should probably go confess all of his sins and start with a clean slate. So he goes into the church, and he goes into the confessional, and he's kind of astonished. He looks around. There's a full bar with some fine whiskey. There's a humidor with cigars. There's a massage table. There's a massage therapist there. And he's like, what is going on? This is a confessional? And as he's wondering what's going on, the priest walks in, and the priest sits down, and the guy can hear him, so he says, Father, 
forgive me for I have sinned, but my God, things have really changed in the confessional. And the priest says, you idiot, you're on my side of the confessional. Get out of there. (laughs) Thank you. Now, as I was telling you... Please lower your voice, Mr. Fields. And remember, do not mention the product. No. We have announcers for that particular phase of our oral information. Ah, well, as I was telling you out there, I was uh, swimming to Catalina Island. My bathing suit started to smoke. Oh, yes? I was swimming awfully fast. Remarkable, but please keep your voice down. Yes, certainly. I encountered a seal on the way over. He was exhausted. Not really. Yeah. He swam over to the mainland to see the Hagenbach-Wallace Circus that was playing in Tarn. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. It was very nice for the seals to call his friends, but do lower your voice. Oh, yes, yes. He knew one of the trained seals with our circus. Oh, now, a little lower, please. Okay. In fact, he used to be in show business himself. Himself. Himself, Yes. yes. Yeah, but he retired in California. Oh, like most actors do. Yeah, I threw mm-hmm. him on my back. He helped paddle every once in a while. Yes. <laughs> a very considerate seal, but uh, just be quieter. Considerate seal, yes, 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 it was. He remembers me from the old Tunnapore show. Where's the mob, I says. There's all living in the cove over there. We die for coins. Oh, lower your voice, please. <laughs> yes, yes. Particularly racket, he says. Customers toss big lock washers uh, covered with silver paper. Says we think they're buck pieces and die for them only to find we have been hoaxed. <laughs> Hoaxed. Now, huh? look, I don't wish to be rude, but your yarn sounds a trifle extravagant. Oh, God. And the audience prefers the music. Oh, the seal said, I know that we're connoisseurs, eh? Oh. The seal says, I know we, uh, we don't die for coppers. So when they throw the washers over, covered with silver paper, they yell, Hi, old silver! Please, please. Huh? Yeah, deceitful lot, the seal says. Oh, I've never heard of a talking seal. Is that so? Extraordinary. Oh. I had a talking dog once. A ventriloquist sold him to me. Oh, Mr. Fee. Yeah, and the last thing the dog said before the ventriloquist left was, Uh, you sold me, eh? Well, I'll never say another word as long as I live. (laughs) And he didn't either. Where was I? Oh, yeah. The seal's on my back all the time, and I'm swimming like fury. (laughs) Meaning fast. Yes, I (laughs) guessed as much. But the thing I miss most, he says, you know what it is? Do you know what he says? Uh Uh-huh. Here it comes. Uh With my eyes and mind wide open and in full possession of all my faculties. Yeah. What did he miss most? Captain Woodward, he said, our trainer, used to have me smoke a lucky strike cigar. I knew it! Get out! Wait a minute, wait. I'm playing in the Middle West for a year. I was like a fish out of water, he said. Long time no see, I said. Oh, this is terrible. Out you go. Well, you shut up and let them play the music. Well, tried to kill a sister in Winnipeg. Outside. What did her seal skin coat? Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. Okay, so, thank you. I've been kegling. 
So, um, <clears throat> a man, a man gets, man gets on an airplane and he's sitting in first class for the first time, and who should he be sitting next to but the Pope? And he looks over and the Pope nods at him and the man thinks, I should just probably not bother him. So he's sitting there, things are quiet, and then at one point the Pope leans over and says, excuse me, my good man, I'm doing a crossword puzzle and I'm having a hard time. Can you give me, it's a four-letter word that refers to a woman and the last three letters are U-N-T. And the guy says, ah. Let me think about this for a minute. And he's panicked and he's panicked and he's panicked. He says, I know, I know what it is. It's Ant, A-U-N-T. And the Pope says, oh, that's very good. Now, would you happen to have an eraser? <laughs> Thank you. That's the problem with this country. Uh, one of many, but this, this whole issue of sexuality and pornography, which I don't understand what pornography is. I really don't. To me, pornography is, you know, spending all your money and not educating the people of America, but spending it instead on weapons. That's pornographic to me. That's totally yeah. filthy. And et cetera, et cetera, down the line. You all, in your fucking hearts, know the goddamn arguments. Okay, great. But no one knows what pornography is. Supreme Court says pornography is any act that has no artistic merit and causes sexual thoughts. That's their definition, essentially. No artistic merit causes sexual thought. Hmm. Sounds like every commercial on television, doesn't it? You know, when I see those two twins on that double mint commercial, I'm not thinking of gum. <laughs> I am thinking of chewing. Maybe that's the connection they're trying to make. What? You've all seen that Bush beer commercial. The girl in the short hot pants opens the beer bottle on her belt buckle, leaves it there, and it foams over her hand and over the bottle. And the voiceover goes, Get yourself a Bush. Hmm. You know what that looks like? Nah, no way. I'll tell you the commercial they'd like to do if they could, and I guarantee if they could, they'd do this right here. Here's the woman's face, beautiful. Camera pulls back, naked breast. Camera pulls back, she's totally naked. Legs apart. Two fingers right here. And it just says, drink Coke. Now, I don't know the connection here. God damn, if Coke hitting on my shopping list that way. <laughs> Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Snickers satisfying. <laughs> Damned if I'm not buying these products. My teeth are rotten out of my head. I'm glued to the television. I'm as big as a fucking couch. More Snickers, more Coke. That's what I find ironic, too, is that people who are against these things that cause sexual thoughts are generally fundamentalist Christians who also believe you should be fruitful and multiply. Boy, they walk a tightrope every day, don't they? How do we be fruitful and multiply and not think about it? <laughs> we could sing hymns during it. One stroke at a time, sweet Jesus. One stroke at a time, sweet Lord. 
I did that joke in Alabama and Fife, and these three rednecks met me after the show. Hey, buddy, come here. Met the funny man, come here. Hey, buddy, we're Christians. We don't like what you said. He said, then forgive me. Later, when I was hanging from the tree. I am a sex bot. Obviously, obviously one that was created in its infancy, they've really come a long way, wouldn't you agree? <laughs> okay, so yeah, think about that for a while. Um, <clears throat> so, Sadie and Esther. They're in Sadie's apartment, and Esther says to Sadie, Sadie, I see your husband coming down the block, and he's got a dozen long-stemmed red roses for you. And Sadie says, oh, Christ, Esther, you know what that means. And Esther says, what? It means you've got a wonderful husband? And she says, no. It means I have to have my legs up in the air for a week. And, and Esther says, Sadie, don't you have a vase? I had once a pain in my chest over here. <laughs> you didn't know it was a musical act. I did, I had a pain in the chestal area. And I was sure it was heartburn, you know, because that time I was married and my wife was cooking with her Nazi recipes, you know, <laughs> chicken Himmler. <laughs> and I didn't want to pay 25 bucks to have it reaffirmed by some medic that I had heartburn, but I was worried because it was in the chestal area. And then it turns out my friend Eggs Benedict has a pain in his chestal area in the same exact spot. And I figured if I could get eggs to go to the doctor, I could figure out what's wrong with me at no charge. So I con eggs and he goes. Turns out he's got heartburn. Cost him $25 and I feel great because I figure I beat the medic out of 25 big ones, you know. I call up Eggs two days later. He died. <laughs> I check into a hospital immediately. Have a battery of tests on x-rays. Turns out I got heartburn. Cost me $110. Now I'm furious. I run to Egg's mother. And I say, did he suffer much? And she said, no, it was quick. Car hit him and that was it. Hi, everyone. Thank you. Whoa, this is treacherous. I'm just going to stand like this. You're okay with that? Okay, so this is courtesy of Colin Bynes, who told me this joke. It's a great Halloween joke, and this is... You, you'll have to indulge me because this is my only Halloween thing. So I'm taking advantage of it here. What? I'll talk to you later. <laughs> nice. All right, so Jimmy gets invited to a Halloween party. And on the invitation, it says explicitly, you will not be allowed in unless you're wearing a costume. So Jimmy goes to the party, and standing outside is a bouncer, and he looks at Jimmy and says, you're not getting in, you're not wearing a costume. And Jimmy says, yes, I am. 
bouncer looks at him and says, you're wearing a pair of jeans. That's all you're wearing. You're not wearing a shirt. You're not wearing shoes or socks. You're wearing jeans. That's not a costume. And Jimmy says, yes, it is a costume. The bouncer says, oh, yeah, what are you going as? And Jimmy says, I'm going as a premature ejaculator. And the bouncer says, what? I don't get it. And Jimmy says, well, I did just come in my jeans. I think I should tell you a little bit about myself, because um, that starts it out nicely. I come from a little town called Larchmont, which is very, very tiny. We have a mirror at one end. And, um, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> which scares hell out of the visitors, crash out. And, uh, there's a bloody stranger, but then, uh, anyhow. <laughs> My father is a doctor in Larchmont, and I'm, I'm very proud of my father. I think he's a, a lot smarter than a lot of these guys with degrees. And my father, uh, uh, my, my, fa my father's like the true American dream. This is kind of interesting. My father works his way through medical school as a waiter. <laughs> and to this day, little things kind of carry over into the practice. The minute a patient walks in the office, he gives him a roll and a glass of water. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the patients are you know, like, uh, gee, doc, uh, what have I got? My father says, what do you have, you know? And, uh, <laughs> he writes his prescriptions like this, you know? <laughs> Unless, if it's a family, he says, you want that all in one prescription, you know? And, uh, <laughs> but uh, my mother, now uh, going, my mother, it's very interesting, my mother is not a doctor even though she also didn't go to medical school. She's, a, she's just a mother, you know? And uh, we're very close, we're almost like mother and daughter. And, um, and um, as a child, my parents were very good. I was very fat as a child. But like, um, when you say like fat, like, like, I was my own buddy at camp. Now that's, you know. And uh, because, because I was so fat, I didn't have any friends because nobody could get close enough to me to find out I was fun. So I would... <laughs> I began to retreat very much into myself, and my parents... Uh... <laughs> my parents tried to cheer me up, you know, and they'd go for a ride, and they'd take me with them in the U-Haul. But even so... <laughs> because I used to sit around the sandbox and make death masks, you know. So they said that um, for protection, they better send me to progressive school. So they sent me to the Leonard Bernstein Country Day. <laughs> or Leonard Bernstein, depending on your income level. And there, uh, <laughs> and at, at the school, do you know about progressive schools? Like, progressive schools are run on the theory of let the child do as he wishes. You know, let the child do as he wishes, you know, let the child do as he wishes. So for three years, I did not wish to go to school. And then, uh, tick, tick, tick. And then, uh, my, they caught me and they sent me to school and because I was so fat, they thought for therapy, this is all true, folks, they thought, <laughs> it is exaggerated but true. They, <laughs> grossly, they thought, <laughs> They thought for therapy, to let me forget that I was fat, they would put me into the school plays, you know, which would kind of, you know, take my mind off it, lumber lumber. And <laughs> 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 it, 
It was Christmas time, and they put me into the Christmas play, and the first part I ever had, I played the three magi. And um, I got to do a solo. I, three kings of Orient, am. And then... Uh, hey, guys. So, I told this joke to Amy many times, so she might have told it here. Uh, so, if you've already heard it, I'm sorry, but it's free, so shut up. <laughs> so, this woman goes to a funeral home, and she's got her dead husband. And she says to the funeral director, Here's my husband, and he's wearing a blue suit. It's very important to me that he be buried in a black suit. Here's a blank check. I don't care what the cost is, please. Black suit. Not a problem. She comes back the next day. He's laid out beautiful black suit. She says, that's great. How much did it cost? Actually, nothing. After you left, a woman came in with her dead husband. He's wearing a black suit. She said she didn't care what color suit he was buried in. So I just switched the heads. There we go, guys. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rutherford Smart speaking to you from Pier 42. <laughs> we are here today to interview Mr. Jack E. Leonard, the world-famous food and fashion expert who is just arriving uh, from Europe. As a, as a matter of fact, I see him now. Uh, he's coming down the gang... Well, he's not... He's sort of... Right, he's rolling down the gangplank. Here he comes now. Uh, Mr. Leonard, right this way, Mr. Leonard. Yes, sir. Would you speak into the microphone? Uh, Mr. Leonard... Yes, hurry up, will you, sir? I've got to get out of here. Yes, uh, Mr. Leonard, I see you just came back from Europe. Oh, that's very interesting. <laughs> May I compliment you on your eyesight, sir? I went over to Europe to study the new fashion for fat folk. Would you step back? Would you step over this way a little? I'd be very happy to. I stepped over this way. You wouldn't be there, sir. <laughs> Maybe you can tell us why everybody in America looks to Paris. They wouldn't have to if they faced the other way. <laughs> I see what you mean. Oh, no, you don't. You wouldn't ask me that obvious question. Will you please hurry it up? I gotta get off the boat. I'm a stowaway, you know. <laughs> Mr. Leonard, uh, who did you talk to in Paris about fashion? Well, I talked to Dior. Yes. And then I talked to Bridget Bardot. Uh -huh. And I also talked to General de Gaulle. Oh, what did you say to General de Gaulle? I asked him to get out of the way because he was standing in front of Bridget Bardot. <laughs> he really bugs me, I'll tell you that right now. After all, he's a married man. He shouldn't be doing things like that. Most of the Mr. Leonard, I think you misunderstood me. You I see, hope so. Uh, what's General... Uh, I was saying, what's General de Gaulle have to do with Dior? Is de Gaulle in fashion? As far as the French voters are concerned, he is. <laughs> have to be a fan of de Gaulle. He came from a poor, very, very poor family. Oh, yeah. His life would make a regular Horatio Algiers story. <laughs> I didn't know that France was the fashion center for fat people. Neither did I, because it's not true. Oh? Now, the fat fashion center actually is in Germany. Oh. They always love food. Look at the names of their cities. Frankfurt, Essen, Hamburg, Stuttgart. Why, you can eat 10 pounds just looking at road signs. And how about those beer gardens? They're more commonly known as Viennese gas stations. Everything is based on fat in Germany. You might remember the Hindenburg blimp. What I'm getting at is that the Germans are known more for their music than fashions in fact. That is not true. T-R-U. <laughs> the Viennese Waltz was written as a beer commercial. I see. The band stood outside a beer garden, and everybody would waltz in and have a glass of beer. Uh-huh. Then they'd waltz around till they worked it off, then go back and fill up again. That's where the original expression, Bach beer, came from. They kept going Bach for more beer. You do understand. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> 
Let's try to listen to this, baby.